Let's go, let's go, let's get started. All right, so the Torah emphasizes... On page 113, let's go to the line that starts with the word by the dot. So the Torah says, if a man who will bring from you a sacrifice to Hashem, this is a law. And the Friedrich Rebbe says that the emphasis is a man who will bring from you, meaning the sacrifice comes from the person, and the word sacrifice comes from the word closeness. If a Jew wants to be close to Hashem, he has to know it comes from you yourself. There's no limitations. God doesn't ask us to do more than we could do. Every Jew is supposed to ask themselves, when can my deeds reach the level of Av, Mitzvah, and Yaakov? There are no limitations. If a person wants to come close to Hashem, the Torah says, we can, it comes from you. Medish Rabbah says, the Rebbe quotes the end of the sentence. The beginning of the sentence is, when God gives, He gives it according to His power, not according to our power. But when He asks, He doesn't ask according to His power, He asks according to our power. Through according to the power of each person, like days in through everyone using their own power that God gave them, they're able to ascend and reach the highest level. And that's the meaning of the Pasuk. That in order for a person to come close to Hashem, it comes from you. That Upon you, this thing depends, and that from you you will bring this carbon to Hashem. From, from you, you will be, it's your decision, and it all rests upon your abilities to be close to Hashem. It only depends on you. It doesn't only mean a carbon should be brought from an animal, rather, it means it should come literally from you. And Terry goes on to say that the animal should be brought as a sacrifice. So what does that mean? If the sacrifice is coming from within each Jew, what's the idea of the animal? That's referring to the animal soul. And the reason why the Torah specifies cattle or sheep, because there are different kinds of animal souls. You do on you cannot compare the way each person has to contend with their animal soul and what the goal is that Hashem has for each person. There are some people who experience an animal soul who is like a goring ox and has very coarse midas. And there are those people who have an animal soul that's like a sheep, which is a more domestic animal. Although a sheep is also an animal. The sheep also is an animal. A sheep is also grub. A sheep is also coarse. But it's different to a shernagach. means that its, it's, it's midas, its character, is within, with, it's very coarse, it's very into the physical, and it's abrasive. It's, 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 uh, it looks like some, someone who's very easily irritated. Sharanagach, um, a goring ox, stay out of their way. And you have a sheep, a little more edel, but there's a certain kind of chutzpah, a certain kind of arrogance in this in this little domestic animal, this baltaiva, this sheep. It, 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 it's it's a. Uh, 
the sheep may look like it's not so so um, uh, bad. It's it's mechayeno, mechasteno, but uh, yet the sheep is also has its chutzpah to uh, and its coarseness and its coldness to ruchnius and its its indifference. On the one hand, the behemagasa, the the coarse uh, uh, goring ox, has an advantage. Advantage is that it's 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 out there, and you can you know you know what the issue is. But, and therefore, when you, and not only that, when you, when you transform it, you have a you have a, a formidable force for kedusha, versus the sheep, the chutzpin yak. It's cold. It's indifferent. So it's a little harder to find what the issue is and to um, redirect it because the sheep will say, "What do you mean? I'm just a sheep." Okay. So the Torah says you should bring your sacrifice. So the way it worked with a physical an- sacrifice was they would bring a physical animal and they put the animal on the altar and a fire came down from heaven. It would crouch like a lion, says Rashi. What does that mean? There were coals, fiery coals that fell down from, he- from heaven during the time of Solomon. And those coals were on the altar. The Zayr also uses the expression the lion that eats the sacrifices. Just like the lion is the strongest of all animals, so a lion would come and eat the other sacrifices. A fire in the shape of a lion. What does that mean for us? If we're supposed to bring our animal soul, that's what the goal is. What is our lion? What do we need to, do? What, what do we need to uh, use to convert our animal soul to Kedusha? So too is this true in each person in their service of Hashem. There is the fire from heaven. That's the fire of love of your godly soul. As it says in the Torah, her flames are flames of fire, a fire of God. The Med says that the fire of heaven works different to the fire on earth. Here, in the fire of heaven, water cannot extinguish the fire, and fire cannot extinguish the water. It is the nature of the godly soul that it has fire, a fiery love for Hashem. So the godly soul is like the lion that comes from heaven, the fire from heaven, the fire that God gives you, and that fire cannot be extinguished by water. The water means the multitude of worries and disturbances of Parnassa and other disturbances that, the, that disturb a person from learning Torah and Davening. So that's the great waters. So although you're experiencing great waters, the says, despite the great waters, you should know that all the rivers cannot put this out. Why? Because the fire of the godly soul is like a fire that comes from heaven and water cannot put it out. So whatever kind of disturbances you're having, that don't think that your neshama is, is, has been put out. You, you extinguish your fire. I, remember, I once met this Jew, and asked this Jew to put on film, and he says, and he doesn't want to put on film. I said, listen, you have a neshama, your neshama wants to put on, on that film. He says, no, I used to have, I killed it. <laughs> but but that's only uh, in our imagination. It's only in our imagination. The MS is you, no matter how disturbed you are, no matter what's going on, you cannot you can't kill it. On well, the second line of page one fourteen, 
And with this fire that comes from heaven, you have to offer up your animal soul. Of course, you have to bring your animal soul too, that your animal soul should also love godliness. says, love Hashem with all your hearts. Why does it say hearts in the plural? Because your Yitzhahar also has to come to love Hashem. The Gami and the Shalasi, because also your animal soul should have a love for godliness. How can you convert your animal soul to love Hashem? This is through the godly soul connecting with the animal soul. How does a godly soul connect with the animal soul? It's from the fact that we're saying that by the godly soul connecting with the animal soul, we understand that it's possible for the godly soul not to be vesting itself, not to be relating to the animal soul. It's possible that we have uh, the godly soul and the animal soul in two different places in the person. So Terra says you have to connect them. You have to have your godly soul speak in a way that your animal soul wants to listen and listens. Without the godly souls relating to the animal soul, this is how the animal soul feels. Animal soul feels that no, he's like, animal soul is like Pare. Doesn't know about godliness, doesn't feel anything about godliness. But through the godly soul talking in a way that makes sense to the animal soul. When the animal soul feels that what the godly soul is saying makes sense, that causes a movement in the animal soul. That makes the animal soul closer to godliness. The very fact that the animal soul is able to recognize that godliness is also something that it could understand, that itself um, chips away at the coarse exterior of the animal soul. The fact that the animal soul can put into its into its uh, files into its in its life and say, yeah, this 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 way of life makes sense. This abishter makes sense. This elkus is something that, that makes sense. That that's that's a big thing. That's a big deal. That that, that already um, makes the animal soul um, able to trust the godly soul. And listen to what the Galilee soul has to say. The, 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 the fact that the animal soul is able to recognize that Alkus makes sense, Alkus has something to say to it, that. <coughs> Thank you. <coughs> that makes the animal soul <coughs> a Kaylee, a, a vessel for, for Galileans. I mean, imagine the an animal soul as, as a. Uh, <coughs> it's your, it's your, your child, but it's not listening to you, doesn't, it can't even hear you. So your, your first thing you want to do is you, you want to speak in a way that the animal soul can, 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 can understand that you have something to say. Once, you have something to say. once the animal soul can recognize that, then you could talk to the animal soul. Before the animal soul could even uh, hear, hear what, what, what the godly soul has to say, the animal soul has to come to recognition that the, the godly soul has something to say. You hear what's going on? The, the animal soul has two problems, problems with godliness. The first is that it's like pare. It means that it feels that the godliness is something which is foreign. There's nothing to say to him in its life. It's not, not, no value. The animal soul knows all the things which are valuable. The animal soul is called, in Yiddishkeit, the old and foolish king. It's called old, the old king because it's in the body first. And it's called foolish because it has really bad ideas about what to do in life. And it's called the king because it is center stage in our lives. It is the king... It is, um, 
it's, it's the loudest voice in our life because it's, we're physical people and therefore the animal soul's desires and thoughts are what we can relate to most because we're physical people. The godly soul, on the other hand, is called the poor, wretched, wise child. Why is it called the wretched, wise child? It's called the child because it comes into the person later. It's called poor because the animal soul looks at all the godly soul's ideas as unbeneficial. Like Nebuch, why would anybody want these kind of things? So the, godly, the animal soul looks at the godly soul as, as you have these very lofty, worthless ideas. You're very idealistic, and all your ideas have no meaning to me because they don't, they don't get you anywhere in life. But the godly, the godly soul is actually smarter than the animal soul. And the godly soul has actually much better ideas. So in order to campaign, in order to advertise, that not only the animal soul should want to vote for the godly soul as king of the body, but that the animal soul should be able to, to understand deeply what the godly soul is saying in a way that should motivate the animal soul to come along with it, the first step is that the godly soul has to, uh, has to speak in a way that the animal soul can understand that, that what it's saying has makes sense. <coughs> Which means that the godly soul has to dumb things down a little bit. The godly soul is not al- allowed to just think about... Uh, I was just listening to a talk of the Rebbe about the Friedrich Rebbe being sent on a mission of the Rebbe Hashab to null decree. In order to annul this decree, at the, meet, the, the, the decree was made by a certain man who was an anti-Semite named Stalipin. And Stalipin was, uh, you couldn't get through to him, he was just an anti-Semite. But Stalipin had this general who he confided in and he consulted with him. Whatever this general would tell him, he would listen. This general didn't love Jews either. But this general was, uh, he was very religious. So uh, since he was very religious, it was possible to influence him by talking religion to him. So, uh, so the, all the, the, there were certain decrees that sleeping was fresh decrees that sleeping was making against Jewish people, and all the uh, people which Askanim, uh, all the um, activists in Petersburg, told the Rebbe Hashab, "We have no idea how to stop this." So Rebbe Hashab, what the Rebbe Hashab would do in case they couldn't figure it out, he would send the Friedrich Rebbe to figure it out. So the Friedrich Rebbe went to meet this this general. The problem was that this general. Um, he, he told the Friedrich, basically the only time he could see the, he, he would accept the Friedrich Rebbe, he accept him as another you know religious person, the leader of the Jewish people, leader of another religion. The only time he would agree to see him would be, be on a Friday evening. And the problem was that the area where he lived outside the city, and the, the, the Jews weren't allowed to live in certain areas in Petersburg. Period. Um, and even to, to 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 stay there, they'd have certain to be registered as a merchant or whatever. And, but in the area where this, outside the city, there's no way anyone could be there. There was no, there's no hotel a Jew would be able to, able to stay in. So the Friedrich Rebbe had to go to a bar. There was only, to stay outside the whole time, you couldn't stay outside because it's, uh, it's a winter, you know, in St. Petersburg. So, so the Friedrich Rebbe had to go to this bar, and he had to stay there the entire Shabbos. So, um, <laughs> you ever heard the story before? So, so uh, the Friedrich Rebbe met with the went with this general, and convinced him of a, of what has to happen, and then he spent the whole Shabbos over there in this bar, and and, and of course it's not the. Uh, there's a message in the story. What's the message in the story? The message is Rebbe says that you might say, and this is a rational, logical thing to say, you might say. Well, hey, if I, this is a decree against the Jewish people. So if God wants to know this decree, 
it's going to get a no. Doesn't matter what I do. And if God doesn't want the decree to get the decree to get annulled, so what's the difference? Whatever I do, it's not going to help. So therefore, it's true. Jewish do whatever they can in nature. That's true. Fine. Do whatever they can in nature. However, um, there's other things to consider. There's davening with a minion is important. Having a Shabbos with Yidden is important. So rationally, logically, um, you could look at it from a Hasidic perspective, from a Kabbalistic perspective, and say, you know, well, this is your effort have to be so much, and this is just a maybe of a maybe, and this will have any effect anyways. So that, although that's true, that's a correct calculation, the Rebbe says when a person, when a Jew needs something, especially when the Jewish people need something, you don't make calculations. The this, this, it's, 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 it's true, this is a calculation, but you don't make calculations. So therefore, the Friedrich Rebbe, there's no calculations. You, 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 you may think about yourself, like you're busy, you have so many, there's an expression in the Tanakh, that you have, no, you have nothing in your body that's complete, from your top of your head to the bottom of your feet, everything has, has blemishes in it. So therefore, you, you have to spend all the time just trying to correct yourself, and that's how much more so. Um, there's no there's no time you can apportion someone else because you yourself are so your seichel isn't good your mitzvahs aren't good everything your character isn't good so uh, so, so where there's no room for anybody else but that that there may be a calculation however when another Jew needs something the Friedrich teach us with a story you don't make calculations so this is true huh it's successful well, he sure. no he, he had to stay at the bar. <laughs> In order to um, to walk to this, to, to is this state. I, I, I don't know if it says anywhere. The story in general, the Rebbe said that it was never. The Rebbe said about the story that it was never publicized before, until the Rebbe publicized it, and the Rebbe um, was saying people might think that the Friedrich said the story to brag. We never said the story. He said the story privately, and uh, whatever. But how uh, to brag in the Friedrich was not, 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 doesn't make any sense either way. So, so the Friedrich Rebbe. When, in general, himself, he's a person who, who things of this world matter, no matter at all to, and yet he went into the lowest, the low places, in order to annul the decree because it because it affected the Jew. So, in a similar way, the godly soul has all kinds of things it likes doing. The godly soul has all kinds of things that that, that are its world. So here, the Rebbe says you have to rescue the animal soul, and you have to uh, you have to leave wherever you are and go to the place of the bar. Go to the place of the bar doesn't mean necessarily you have to actually enter a bar. Uh, what it means is, is that you have to think about Hashem in a way that makes sense to you. If to, to make if to, if to make it relatable to you. You do lots of other things in your time. But you have to, have to if your, your Hashemah came into your body, the, Hashem gave you this godly fire, only for the purpose of converting your animal soul. So that, that's what this marriage was made. Hashem could have made us in a way that there's a snake outside us. It was like Adam and Eve had a snake. They're Adam and Eve, and they're the snake. Why did the Abish make us in a way that the, that, that, that the Jew is married to his animal soul? That the animal soul and the godly soul are, are so connected to each other. That they're always, it's because Hashem wants us to change. Hashem wants us to better ourselves. Therefore, the, the first thing you have to do is you have to think about Hashem and think about Tehran in a way that uh, you could explain it to your mother, in a way that makes sense to you, that, 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 that it's relatable. And that, that causes a change in your animal soul. That makes you different. You're a different person. And when you're different, then there's different energy what you're doing. The fact that, you, the, the fact that you're a different person, if your neshama does things, your neshama can run out of steam because the animal soul is lagging behind. But um, if you convert your animal soul and make your animal soul your, pers- your persona, also appreciate Yiddishkeit, also appreciate Elkus, 
then then you have, you have a form you have your animalistic drive fueling where you need to get to. That, that that's why this that's why you have to mamish dedicate time in your da, to daven and to think and to make it make sense to you. That's the whole reason why Shama came to the world. You know, have you ever heard of the famous Chosrim Nisan Nemanov? You know how he came to Lubavitch? He was once visiting uh, Lubavitch, and there was Parshas Ayikra, and he learned the Maimur, Adam Kiyakrev. He learned how you have to offer your animal soul to Hashem. So he's thinking, I'm never going to do this. I'm never going to do this unless I stay here. So he stayed. You come, ach, this is what the Pasuk means when it says, there's much grain, much produce, with the power of an ox, the animal soul is transformed and in, in becomes absorbed in the fire and the yearning of the godly soul. Just like by offering the animal on the altar. You, the, the, all the sparks of the inanimate and vegetation in the animal kingdom were elevated by one animal that caused such an effect in the world, so too by offering your animal soul to Hashem, you cause a transformation of darkness of your animal soul to light. This is what God means when He says, Make for me its sanctuary, and I will dwell within them. By every Jew subduing the evil within themselves. And, and the main thing is to transform it. When you subdue this sitra you cause the glory of Hashem to be revealed, and you cause a transcendent, infinite light of Hashem to be revealed here. Especially not just by subduing the animal soul, but by transforming it. Okay, Kitzer. What we said in this paragraph is as following, in, in short. First of all, we explained that the idea of carbonus means that each Jew has to make himself as a offering to Hashem. He, has to, he himself has the ability to be close to Hashem and to offer himself up, to offer his talents and his animal soul to Hashem. And there are two fires that Hashem wants us to bring him. The fire from heaven, which is the godly soul. And the fire from earth, which is the animal soul, just like by the altar, they had to light a fire, even though the fire came from heaven, they had to light their own fire. So to the Abisha wants us not just to rely on the neshama, he wants the neshama to kindle a fire in the animal soul. And how do you make the animal soul come to love Hashem? It's only by the godly soul thinking and relating to the animal soul in its own way. Okay. This explains why the Mishkan was made from wood. That was called Shittim wood. Since the whole point of all of the Aveda, all the service that was done in the Mishkan, was to transform darkness to light, that's the point of the sacrifices, that's the point of the incense, to transform darkness to light, since that's the goal. And by doing this, this caused the light of Hashem to shine in the whole world. And therefore, you need to have shittim wood to do that. Why need shittim wood? Since the whole point is to transform darkness to light, so you need to have the shittim wood. What's the connection? The word shittim means to turn. There is the middle road. And turning to either direction. Turning to either direction, above or below, is called shita. 
That's also the meaning of the word shtus. The shtus who Shtus, foolishness, means to turn away from knowledge, to turn away from wisdom. The idea of asago the middle road is knowledge. The middle road is understanding. By toyim is and turning turning away from that road, it's called foolishness. So there is foolishness of klipa. There is madness of klipa. As the Torah says, describing a woman who was unfaithful to her husband, the third describes her as tista, which means she was foolish. Rashi says she turned away from the path of modesty. There's a path, a middle path, a right path, the path of modesty. And she was tista, she turned away from that path. It also talks about the Jewish people live, staying in a place called Shittim, where they made lots of uh, promiscuous mistakes. So the Torah says, that's the idea of the foolishness of Klippa. Says the Gemara, a person will never do a sin unless a spirit of madness entered them. And that spirit covers over the truth. It's called foolish, like we said before, with the animal soul, it's called an old and foolish king. So this Ruach Shtus, this spirit of madness, covers over the truth. What's the truth? Godliness is truth in life. As the Torah says, Hashem, who is the God of truth, is the God of life. And the Ruach Shtus, the spirit of madness, covers over the godly truth and the godly life, godly energy. And that's why it's called Klippa. Klippa means, just like a Klippa covers the fruit, so too this mad spirit makes you not notice, makes you not see, makes you not sensitive to the truth, uh, to the truth and energy of Elkus. Okay, we'll stop here.